When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. A mid-morning dance with the devil from the farmer of fury. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. Waking up this morning, I was hoping the world might have returned to normal after yesterday's madness, but I fear uh, we are still in cloud cuckoo land. People are still up in arms at a cartoon of Serena Williams. Feminists are all upset because Boris Johnson's girlfriend keeps being described as blonde, despite the fact that she is actually blonde. And the police are still too busy answering phone calls about hate crimes that aren't crimes to arrest any drug dealers in South Yorkshire. Meanwhile, in the Independent Republic, we've got more important things to worry about, like hate preacher and ISIS sympathiser Anjum Chowdhury being released from prison next month after serving only half of his sentence and despite being called dangerous by the prison's minister. Plus, the Russians are amassing 300,000 troops in Siberia for the biggest military exercise with China since the Cold War. What could possibly go wrong? 0344 499 1000. Dawn Neeson is here. We'll be finding out just why we are attracted to people with the same colour eyes as our parents and how you get away with winning the lottery using a fake ticket. There will definitely not, by the way, be any mention of the bionic penis on the front page of the Times, uh, of the Sun, rather. 0344 499 1000. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Dawn Neeson on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Let's talk to David Tolb, uh, who's Director of Policy at Quilliam uh, International. David, a very good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning to you too. Thanks morning, very David. much indeed for uh, for joining us. Um, I, I know that the, the prison system works in the way that it works. I know that you know you serve half your sentence and you probably get released. But I mean, in this case, it seems extraordinary that the prison's minister will say what he has said about Anjum Chowdhury and in the same breath say, you know, now we're going to let him out, but we'll keep a very close eye on him. Well, you're not the only person to have said that to me this morning. <laughs> I, a couple of my friends came, uh, stopped me email saying, what's going on? Yeah. This doesn't make sense. Um, the way that the criminal justice system works and really has worked since the early 1990s as a result of a conservative government reform, actually, mm. uh, was that we created a sort of standardised process whereby if you are in prison for under five years, you come out automatically at half time. And if you're in prison for over five years, you come out between half and two thirds of, of your time through your, te- your sentence. Yeah. And for that remainder of the time, you are subject to supervision. So that means that uh, if you do another thing which breaches the terms of your release, then you could be immediately recalled to prison. Yeah. 
That now, is... It's not ideal, but it, you know, it doesn't mean that people are completely left out and unsupervised and not subject to any form of further control. It doesn't. However, we all know, and I can probably name you a bunch of cases. There was one only recently where people abscond, they disappear, they go off the radar. You know, for whatever reason, they don't turn up to the police station to be uh, to be monitored and all of that. And we know that in in the case of Anjum Chowdhury, uh, that he is a guy um, who is not um, averse, shall we say, to uh, to bending the rules to suit himself. He's a solicitor. He knows how the system works. Uh, he's also a guy who um, has influenced in the past various individuals. I mean, I was wondering this morning, David, and you might be able to answer this, if he was sentenced today for the same thing that he was doing before because of what we know about London Bridge attacks, about Westminster attack, uh, which the inquest is going on now, would he not have been maybe sentenced to a, to a harsher sentence as well? Well, you can only send people to prison for the crimes that they commit for which they've been convicted. And uh, he was sent to prison for very much towards the top end of the spectrum for that sort of criminal offence. Sure. He's always been a clever guy, and he's always been quite good at playing the system, staying the right side of the line. And the default, I think, really has been very much ours, because in the early days, when it was very clear that this man was recruiting people to terrorism, he was treated as a bit of a joke, and he was treated as a loudmouth who wasn't really that important. Yeah. We now know that about 18% of terrorist events uh, over the last decade link back to Al Mujahirun in mm. some form or another. Yeah. He... Ultimately, you, you know, sorry, carry on. I was going to say, because he, he has literally the praise of the 9 11 attackers. He reckons Sharia law should be introduced in the UK. He uh, is, is pretty much responsible for the, mur- the horrific murder of Lee Rigby in London. And he refused to condemn the 2005 London bombings as well. So, And he was directly responsible for the guy who uh, ended up being one of the attackers at London Bridge, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. But yet, you know, he was invited on as a sort of box top on television yeah. or yes. radio, yeah, yeah. you know, as a sort of interesting balance to what the government would say. But that's that kind of my but, much fed the myth. but that's kind of my point, David, that, you know, now that we know what we know, which we perhaps didn't know then. Um, and I'm not suggesting for a moment that this affects his sentence at all. But what I'm saying is just as a as a matter of argument, would he not now be locked up for longer? I mean, we were only spending an awful lot of time yesterday talking about hate crime uh, in South Yorkshire, yeah. how the police now treat hate crime a lot more seriously than they used to. You know, this guy's, you know, the inventor of hate crime, isn't he? Right. Well, I mean, it really depends on what the police can prove and what a jury will accept. And, um, you know, the goalposts have moved. Um, what, what would have been let past 10 years ago, now I think we'll be prosecuted. That's what I mean. And it's, very, That's what I mean. it's really important we take a tougher approach to these things. And very importantly, we, ought, we need to win the battle of ideas because basically what Andrew Jadra is doing is arguing for totalitarianism. Yeah. yeah. Do you think you in, Sorry, David. Do you think if you believe in liberal democracy, then you, you, you fight that battle. And right. You fight it hard. And we've not done that nearly well enough. Yeah. So do you think he's going to come out and be a change man or is he going to carry on as he was before he went in? Well, look, Anjum and I were friends at university. So you know him quite know well, you, don't you? I, I knew him well. Yeah. He was a lovely guy back in the 1980s. And I'd love to think that he'd re- return to that. I'd love to sit down with him, with friends, and see if he could be talked down. But friends of mine who work with people who've been involved in terrorism say they fall into three categories. The stupid, uh, uh, the easily led, and the hardcore. And Andrew Chowdhury is a, a hardcore guy. And yeah. It's very difficult to talk these guys down. Yeah. And also, I get the impression, and you'll know this better than me, Dave, because you know the guy and I don't, um, that he knows precisely what he's doing. He's very careful about what he says. Mm. Uh, he will not in any way feel that he made a mistake and overstepped the line, as I've read some people no, describing sure. him as, as why he ended up going to prison. You know, he will have been in prison. I mean, one, one of the arguments I was hearing yesterday uh, was that perhaps it's better to get him out of prison because while he's in prison, maybe he's radicalising even more people. 
Well, that's a very real concern. And uh, radicalisation in prison is something which really wasn't taken seriously again for about a decade. Mm. We've gotten a lot better at that now, but it's, you know, inside or outside, he represents the threat. That's the problem, isn't it? And what about the idea that uh, he's going to be closely monitored? He's only going to have access to the Internet under very specific circumstances. And I mean, how exactly will that work? He'll be in a halfway house, which presumably means he'll be with other people. Um, but he won't have a constant kind of companion watching over him, will he? Well, I think that's true. And the problem is that when it's his licence period comes to an end, he will be certainly, I'm sure, subject to the sort of supervision and uh, investigation that people who are terrorist threats are always or usually subject to. But you are not going to be able to take away his internet when that licence period is finished. How long, how long is he going to be unlicensed for? Do we know that? Presumably the rest of the sentence, well, right? Yeah, it'll be yeah, the right, okay. Yeah, and, and, and David, are you going to try and sit down with him and, and, and see how he's feeling now and what his views are now and whether he has changed at all? I would love to do so. Mm. I have spoken to uh, friends and colleagues and people in the Ministry of Justice about it. Um, and who knows, perhaps it'll happen one day. Because back in the day when he was called Andy, he was just an ordinary lad, wasn't he? I mean, sort of like, you know... Wine, women, and song. Yes, exactly. That's he, what I was about was, to say. Right? Yes. No, I mean, I'm sure you can say a, that anymore. He lived in a student house, which was—I don't know if you've ever seen the Young Ones or Animal House, but the student house was a bit like that. Yeah. And, you know, uh, they had a sofa in the middle of the living room, which gradually, during the course of the year, they took to pieces, and people spray painted on the wall, and it was his life was very, very chaotic. Mm. And really, as a result of that, he didn't get a very good law degree, and uh, he never qualified as a solicitor. Uh, and I think, you know, had his life taken a different turn back in those days, he'd now be a partner at a city law firm. Mm. And you'd not have heard about him. And it isn't often the way that people that, who do go wrong when they're young and don't get the, the, the exams that they think they should have got, they, they are drawn to these sort of extremist organisations. I'm afraid so. And everybody's looking for redemption. And there are some very bad people out there offering it to yeah. them. Yeah. I mean, on a broader scale, David, I mean, uh, we mentioned at the start of the show, there's there's meant to be at any given time, at least 500 investigations going on from the authorities, whether it be uh, MI5, whether it be the police, whether it be the anti-terror units and all of that. Um, I mean, what's your sense of, of, of the problem at the moment? Is it is it as bad as it's ever been? Uh, is it going to get worse because of what's happened in uh, in ISIS territories? Or, you know, where are we exactly out there? Well, we certainly have people who have military experience who are potentially now in the UK. Uh, we moved from a period where it was the UK was essentially a, a, a launching pad, as a, a colleague in a, a conference I'm in at the moment said, for attacks abroad. Mm. We've now moved on to a stage where we've got people who are entirely UK-based, radicalised in the UK, very often not even directed by people outside the UK. Yeah. And the threat has really uh, grown significantly. Uh -huh. uh, but ultimately, this is an ideological battle. Yes. These are people who have a clear view of how the world should be. We've got a different one. We have to be better at beating them on those arguments. Yeah, we do. And I mean, as far as Anjum Chowdhury is concerned, I remember he came in to talk sport uh, in this very building many years ago to appear on Ian Collins' show when he used to do a show here. Uh, and he turned right. up with about 12 sort of acolytes who looked a bit more thuggish, perhaps, than they should have done. Um, will right. he be getting yes. back with all of those guys? Will he wander about once again with a kind of entourage, a sort of macho entourage that he had before? I have no doubt that he will. Mm. And well, so surely that should be somehow, um, you know, uh, you know, the association with, with more than two or three people should be against the rule, shouldn't it? 
Well, you, you can petition the government to change the law, but at the moment, unless you commit a crime, uh, which is a crime at the moment, then you can't put people in prison for it. So, David, what is the best thing to do with someone like Anjum? I mean, you, you, you keep him in prison, he's going to be even more of a martyr now to the, the warped followers that he has. You let him out, he's going to carry on doing the same thing. What are we well, meant to do was, with them? I think it was good that he was put away in prison because during the period he's been in prison, he's not had the contact with uh, his network. He's not been able to act as an inspiration for them. No, but I think with fellow prisoners, probably. Well, yeah, but then, you know, the the prison service has got increasingly good at segregating prisoners who are problematic in that way Mm. from the general prison population. So, I mean, there are things that can be done. But I think the main thing that we need to do, really, is, is first of all, to take the, the threat seriously. Don't treat it as a joke. Mm. Uh, secondly, counter the argument. And thirdly, make sure that when trim, criminal offences are committed, we prosecute them quickly and uh, firmly. Mm. Mm. And that is the other problem we've had over time, isn't it? Because, you know, we, we haven't treated some of these people perhaps as dangerously as we ought to have he done. He was treated as a joke. Um, I mean, the... Yeah, and many of the people who ended up committing these offences, I mean, forget about the guy in Westminster Bridge who was basically just a bit of a nutter, um, but the guys certainly involved in London Bridge in the attacks where people were uh, were knifed and they had swords slashed across their faces and all of that. You know, these were people who were being watched, but who were then somehow unwatched. Mm. Well, you know, as the IRA said uh, back in the 1980s, they only have to be lucky once. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there have been many, many more plots that have been foiled than have yeah. succeeded. Mm. But it's the ones that succeed that are really terrifying. Yeah. Sure. And what's your view at Quilliam as to how we do win this battle of, uh, of the mind? How do we do it? Well, I think it's important that we listen not to voices like Anjan Chowdhury, but to people who are supporters of the basic precepts of liberal democracy, you know, human rights, equality between persons, the prime primacy of democracy. Uh, and they're the ones we ought to be listening to. Uh, but really, you know, would you put Anjan Chowdhury on the radio, on talk radio now? I wouldn't, no. No, no, and nor should you, nor no. should anyone. That, I think, is an important step in the right direction, and I very much hope that other radio stations will take a a similar position. Yeah, Mm. but they may or may not. I mean, that is the problem. I don't know, and I'm not quite sure how we handle this because, you know, we haven't been very good at it in the past, you know what I mean? You know, because there are those on the Liberal side who say, oh, well, free speech is for everybody except for people like Tommy Robinson. We don't want to have him on. Uh, There are other people who say, well, Andrew Chowdhury shouldn't be allowed to speak. You know, do we need some kind of legislation put in place or or are we just going to rely on our own common sense? No, I think we're a free society and we need to rely on on our instincts on this. And uh, when a man has been so closely involved with terrible acts of of violence and terrorism, that line is very clearly crossed. Mm. Mm. The more you gag people, the more they're going to be... Well, that is is a problem. And I mean, we've seen that with with some of the people on the other other side of of the argument as well. David, thank you very much indeed for your time. Uh, David Tolb there, Director of Policy at Quilliam International, uh, with a very interesting view on Anjum Chowdhury, saying he basically shouldn't be given the oxygen of publicity. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. You know what to do. 03444991000 is the number. We're going to take lots of your calls this morning. Uh, Mr. Max says, I think war boys were sentenced to an IPP, indeterminate public protection sentence, which means there is no fixed release date. He's only able to be released upon review. Unfortunately, Chowdhury was not sentenced to one of these. Well, I'm not ah. sure if that's entirely the case because, of course, there were lots of uh, legal arguments that went backwards and forwards uh, about Mr. Warboys. We'll come back to that in a moment, though, because uh, we were talking to David Tobe, Director of Policy at Quilliam International earlier, and he basically said um, that Chowdhury has been and will continue to be an absolute thorn in the side of the establishment, an absolute thorn in the yep. side of uh, what we live, what we are sort of euphemistically called, you know, civilised society. There's no uh, information, as far as I know, which suggests that he's going to do anything other than continue uh, to do what he did before. He is going to go straight back to preaching hatred and poison yeah. and, and, and causing utter disruption as much as he can. Yeah, I mean, the question I suppose is, uh, is he more dangerous inside prison, radicalising young men who are a bit more weak-willed uh, or is he more dangerous outside radicalising I don't know what, I don't know which is worse well really. David was saying that in prison he would have been monitored and he would have been kept away from vulnerable younger prisoners who he could who he could preach this hatred to and convert to yeah. Islam etc um, but I, I think he's going to be more of a threat outside no exactly but Let's... if you keep him in that's all sorts of problems yeah. there. I mean, how about solitary confinement or in a box of some kind, <laughs> bobbing about in the Solent? I mean, that might help. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Let's kick it off with Sean in Gospel. Hi, Sean. Good morning. Hi, how Sean. Are you? Yeah, very well, sir. What would you like to say? Yeah, with, with, with this stuff with Andrew Chowdhury, I, I, I don't necessarily agree with the idea of a no-platform sort of policy. Yeah. Um, I obviously respect a private company's right to have on a radio show. Well, listen, I like. don't speak I don't speak for talk radio, but I wouldn't have him on my show. No, that's fair enough. And I think as a as a radio presenter or, or a company or a public place, I do think you have the right to kind of choose who you have on your show and yeah. who speaks where. But I, I'm kind of getting to the point where I feel that like radicals like Andrew Chowdhury are getting no platformed or a Tommy Robinson type. I mean, we've even had a situation in a local university somewhere where Jermaine Greer was no platformed. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. wouldn't, I wouldn't consider her a radical. That might be um, just because she's I, quite boring, though, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I've read some of her work. It is quite interesting. She was interesting so once, way. let's put it that way. I think she's got more interesting again, I tell you. Really? Must admit, uh, yeah. I think okay. she's having a second wind. Okay, well, there we go. But anyway, Sean, so what would you do with Chowdhury? then 
Um, I, I don't necessarily think he's more dangerous in prison. Um, I, I think he's more dangerous to us like in society, basically. So I'm, I'm not like saying, well, we could probably deport him, but whether a Islamic State with Sharia law would take him or not. Yeah. Another well, the problem is, right, he's from Welling, OK? So, from Welling in Kent. Um, so, and I mean... a lot, like like uh, old Abu Hamza, uh, he spent most of his life in this country living off benefits as well, which is what absolutely yeah, grinds my gears. Another... I mean, what I'd like to see <laughs> is that these people uh, who have been in prison for the types of offences that he's committed should have uh, with benefits withdrawn. You know, I know I'll get all the Liberals on me saying, oh, you can't withdraw benefits just because someone goes the to children. prison. Because of the children. He's got children. Because of the children. I don't yep. care. I could not care less. I think you should be able to withdraw. If you're going to be encouraging terrorism and you're going to be breaching the terrorist laws of this country, you should not be allowed to get benefits. The very surely. least you could do is stop yeah. the benefits, one would have thought. What do you reckon, Sean? Yeah, I would, I would object to that. I mean, my, my sort of plan B, if a, if a Islamic state which has Sharia law wouldn't take him, would be to send him to Easter Island. Yeah. He can take all his acolytes there, and as far as I'm concerned, they, they can rot. What have Easter Island ever done Easter to Easter Island's to, quite nice. Yeah, it is quite nice. What have they ever done to deserve what, that? What about the Isle of Wight? What about the Isle of Wight instead? What Isle of Wight, no, the Isle of Wight's a nice place. Oh, okay, you right, can okay. send him there. No, send him to some rock. Isle of Sheppey. No, you can send him to some rock in the middle of uh, of nowhere. Like, there's a, there's a rock off the coast of uh, Edinburgh. Uh, which yep. just has birds on it. Okay. Put what him do, on there. What about the seagulls? Well, they'll Get probably those. peck him to death. <laughs> that might be the way to go. Let's talk to Paddy. Thanks, Sean. Thanks <laughs> very much Sean. today. Paddy's in County Derry. Hello, Paddy. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? Hiya. What do you reckon? I reckon we can get rid of him very easily. Uh-huh. I, cool. watched, I watched an interview with Anjan Chowdhury and Elliot Spitzer on CNN. Oh, yeah. And Elliot Spitzer told Chowdhury... Uh, I've heard enough. You have incriminated yourself. There's enough evidence now to put you in jail for the rest of your life. Really? So that's in the US. Right. What was he? What, what had he said to, to do that? Can't think he said anything worse he said, than he said over he here. Said he, was, he said he was communicating with terrorists in the US. Okay. So Elliot Spitzer should know. He mm. was Attorney General in New York. Yeah. So... Um, he's just not some Joe Slow. No. He, no. He, he'll know. So I reckon we should get some sort of petition together to get him extradited to New York. And uh, I would say this normally, but I think the South Yorkshire police are listening in. So <laughs> <laughs> normally I would say something like, he should be waterboarded, but I won't say that. No, of no, course not. can't do that. No. no, I mean, they don't even do that in Guantanamo. I'm not even sure if Guantanamo Bay is shut yet, though. They can always reopen it if it hasn't been shut down properly. I don't think it has shut. I think it's still I think there's there. still a couple of people yeah. hanging around in mm. there. Do you know what I mean? Paddy, listen, thank you very much thank indeed you. for your call. Paddy uh, saying that, uh, uh, interesting enough, he saw an interview that Chowdhury did. This is the thing. I mean, he's incredibly brazen, Chowdhury, because he is qualified as a solicitor, so he knows exactly how far he can go. Oh, yeah. However, he may not be as familiar with the laws in the US of A uh, as he is with the laws in this country. Yeah, and but, no, I, I like that suggestion for Paddy. I think he's onto something. Well, the thing is, he has got proven links and has admitted to supporting terrorist groups over here. So the same thing applies. And yeah. obviously, they have a different law about it. Yeah, there, no, absolutely right. More gun talk from a water pistol from the farmer of fury. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. 03444991000. This is Talk Radio, of course. James Well coming up tonight at 7. But at 1, uh, it's Matthew Wright and Kevin O'Sullivan. They'll be back uh, for their third show in a row. Amazing. Uh, it's going well. Yeah. Uh, they come back for three shows so well, far. That's Tremendous impressive. Tremendous stuff. Their Most people try and get out after that. Our new additions to Talk Radio. <laughs> it's a fantastic thing. Uh, it's all very good. Right now, though, we're going to talk to Tom Whipple, uh, who is our favourite, very favourite science editor. He's at the Times, of course. I He's a very, un- very clever man. Tells us about all sorts of great stuff that goes on around the I world. I even understand him a little bit. Do you? Most science experts, la yeah. la. Okay. Mm. Well, I'm not saying he's an expert. I'm just saying he's very, very good he's at his better job. Better than me. Tom, a very good morning to you. <laughs> what a lovely welcome. Hi, Tom. <laughs> now, uh, a fantastic piece in your paper today. Scientists make huge strides with smart trousers. Now, this is an intriguing story to me, not least because uh, of the possibilities for other things that they could make, but it's genuinely a great uh, possible medical breakthrough, this, isn't it? It's yeah, it's really interesting. It's really interesting because it's actually extremely low tech. Mm. Um, they've been given a large sum of money by the uh, government research councils to develop these trousers that look not that dissimilar to normal trousers, but contain artificial muscles in them that right. will help you. Um, they're meant for elderly people. They're meant for if you're if you're finding it hard to get out of the armchair. You'll, you'll push a button, these artificial muscles will inflate, they're sort of pneumatic, and they'll just give you an extra burst to get you out. So yes. To keep people mobile for longer. Dawn is actually pointing at me I, now, I, I Yeah, but in a, in a friendly, um, non-offensive way, obviously. But first of all, I'm offended because, one, I don't own an armchair, right? <laughs> therefore, I would never sit in one like some old codger. So thanks anyway. And you're sitting in a wheelie chair, so we just wheel you out of the studio That's in any it. case. That's it, exactly. So, so, Tom, treat me like the idiot that I actually am. So how do these work? Do they sort of like electric fire your muscles to make them move and react or what happens well they've, they've got they've got lots of different components so one bit is literally you sort of you push a button on your bum and you've got these <laughs> um these these little airbags that'll inflate there's a string of them and they inflate and just act like muscles they help you extend your leg yeah. um, but they've also so the worry is you, you wear these these um robo trousers and you um you then decide you're just not going to use your muscles um so they're also looking at things that will electrically stimulate your own muscles mm. so that you're not going to get less fit by using these trousers ideally you'd use the two in consort to keep you out of a wheelchair or mobility scooter for longer and you get to exercise at the same time. Okay. So, I mean, they're not necessarily going to be used for, say, for example, veterans who might have lost a limb or something like that. You actually do need a leg underneath them, as it were. No. Yeah, exactly that. So so people are developing, like, military exoskeletons to help Mm -hmm. people go yomping great big distances. This isn't about this. This is a bit like, you know, those... um, electric bikes you get yes um, yes where the idea is they help you uphill mm. so yes. you're still pedaling you're still using your bike but uh you've got this little extra boost and so that's the idea of this and that means that they don't have to be quite as high tech and hopefully they can get them on the market sooner but they've got lots of interesting extra bits one of the things is they've, they've had focus groups of um of elderly people and one of the sweet thing is they knew that they could make ones that didn't need to be washed, that they'd be impregnated with antibacterial things. And the elderly people said, look, actually, we want to have trousers we can wash. We yeah, yeah. As normal as possible. Um, but another thing they introduced was just a way of getting them off fast when you go need to go to the toilet. So there's a button that just drops <laughs> your trousers. Um, right. so, that, I can uh, see all sorts of problems with this. I mean, inevitably, yeah, you uh, inevitably, you've referenced the wrong trousers, of course, from Wallace and Gromit, which is one of the which great, is, one of the great, the great movies, yeah, brilliant, uh, Wallace yeah. and Gromit wise. Um, but yeah, I mean, but it, but it is fascinating, and they're they're saying their dream is to make it sort of available in in somewhere like Boots, where you can just go in and buy them. Yeah, just go and get them 
keep us all walking longer. Um, and, you know, they want to make them more technological. They're, they're talking about having them part of this sort of internet of things where they might talk to your GP and tell things. But, yeah, as one of the problems of that is you don't want someone to hack your trousers and drop them suddenly. No. <laughs> that would be, that would be, that yeah, would be that would good. be wrong. I'll tell you what would be useful for me, though, and you'll, you'll like this one. Um, could you get them to be like cycling trousers so that when you're on a bike, you talked about having an electric motor. If you had some, uh, you know, some of these trousers, you might be able to cycle without too much effort or even run. I mean, maybe I could go running if I had some, you know, trousers that made me run. Yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could. It's just, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's extra muscles. And, uh, they, I mean, they demonstrated them to us. We're here at the British Science Festival in Hull. They demonstrated them to us yesterday. And, I mean, it really is just airbags that are inflating yeah. the row. I mean, it's really not high-tech at all. Uh-huh. Well, well, there are there, there is sportswear now, Mike, just in case you're interested oh, yeah. in popping down. I was in uh, a, a sports sp- shop yesterday. Yeah, 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 I know. I you just bought saying. a bag, though. Yes. No, yeah. <laughs> no this is... Well, there is sportswear where the, 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 the lycra is designed in sort of like sections so it can actually stimulate your muscles when you're running or cycling <laughs> and, and that i mean they, they do help they do help tone and give you that little bit of our um extra uh energy Oomph. when you're running oomph as it were so th- uh, tom are these anywhere near available yet or are we talking sort of like oh, a good few years they're 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 not they they thought that probably they're they're aiming for six or seven years to a product that you buy um it's a 10-year project that they're three years into um but uh, they, they they feel that most of the technology for the initial product is there. It's just about putting it together and getting it to market. Oh, okay. And so when you say you saw them demonstrate, you didn't try them on, did you? No, we didn't. <laughs> um, although there was, there was a line-up of mannequins, and you could sort of push the button that dropped okay. the trousers or lifted the leg. Right. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the different components are there. Brilliant. And, I mean, how much would they cost, do you think, if they were to sell yeah. them? Well, that was the big question. I mean, the first ones cost $2 million and it's not there yet. $2 million. Wow. Um, I can't. I can't see my mum going think, for that. I think I could probably buy somebody to help me out the chair for that. Yeah, yeah get a sedan chair. Yeah, by slave. Right. Yeah. So I mean, presumably they'd want to be able to market them for I don't know thirty quid or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You'd, you'd want it to be that. And if you think that the cost of having an elderly person who can't move around by themselves is is considerably, mm. you know, considerably higher than that. If, if only you include the cost of the mobility scooter or the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think their, their plan would be to have it relatively cheap. Yeah, and yeah. I should say, it's scientists at the University of Bristol. And, and obviously, it's younger people with muscle wasting diseases yeah. as well. It's going to help them. It's not just for the elderly. Mm. So people that have got degenerative muscle diseases, it's good news for them too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you'd hope so. You'd hope so. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they, they just have to. As long as they're trendy. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, as long as they're not like those stripy ones they've got in the, in the Times this morning. Tom, listen, have a great time. It must be a fantastic thing to be at. Uh, Tom Whipple Thank uh, you, reporting Tom. in there uh, from the Science Fair, uh, which is going on in Hull. Uh, what they haven't got up there, of course. I know what you're going to do now. I know what you're going to do. What? Mm, go on. Go uh, on. Well, the bionic manhood oh. is one of those unusual stories on the front page yes. of the Sun, right? Uh-huh. Uh, what do you make of it? Um, well, I read this story first thing this morning. He's when, made it out of his arm, apparently. When I was seriously having my <laughs> breakfast, which consisted... The skin on his arm, I should stop say. Stop it, stop it. When I was having my breakfast, which consisted of a small sausage, veggie, veggie, veggie a veggie sausage. sausage, basically. Really? And I read this and it was like, oh my Lord, I don't think... I've, it put me off my breakfast, to be honest with you. Yeah. But it is amazing. I, I can imagine. I've seen those vegetarian sausages. They're, they're small and wrinkly. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but um, this this doesn't sound like it's that small or wrinkly. The sun calling it a miracle that? willy. Yeah. Which and conjures it, up all sorts of it's things. It's fully functioning. It? I mean, this poor chap obviously um, was was born without a, a penis. I oh. mean, which, so there is a serious what? side to this. I, I can say the p word. Yeah. Can I say the p word? Yeah, yeah. fifty thousand pounds it costs. Yes, exactly. But he was born without a penis, and obviously there is a serious thing, and it's an amazing. Uh, um, it's a it's a 
bionic penis that they've created for yeah. him. So it's it's an amazing medical medical breakthrough. He says he's very it's, pleased with it. Well, it's just as well, really. That's isn't the it? polite way of saying what he yeah. actually said. Yeah, there's a horrible diagram on page five. Well, just in case you've forgotten yeah. how it all works, people. Yes. Yeah, which I'm not going to go into. No, I'm no. I'm certainly all. not. Certainly no. not going to go into Any that. Any case, he's very satisfied with the medical breakthrough that he has been gifted. Indeed, <clears throat> absolutely yes. right. Uh, now, uh, coming up in the next hour, we're going to talk about something that's really, really important. Okay, and it is this massive build-up of troops, uh, which is happening mm. in Siberia. Yeah, this is scary. Now, you didn't seem that worried about it when I told you this morning. I said to you, <laughs> look, never mind Serena Williams in the cartoon, right? Never mind the hate crime hotline uh, in South Yorkshire, right? Never mind the wrong trousers or the right trousers or the bionic penis. There's 300,000 Russian troops amassing yes. in Siberia with the Chinese for the biggest military manoeuvres since the Cold War. On the penis theme, it is all willy-waving, Why isn't it? Why do you keep coming back to that? Because <laughs> it, it, it was an, it's a radio flow mic. See? Okay, Willy-waving gotcha. penis, he's sort of thing. Yeah. But it is all grandstanding, isn't it? It's like, my gun's bigger than yours, and yeah. I've got well, a lot more well of be. them. But and... they have got a lot. I mean, we keep hearing that the Russians haven't got any money, that their economy is not as big as ours, that actually their military hardware doesn't work very well. Well, it looks pretty big to me. It, it looks... And it looks <laughs> sorry, pretty I'm... impressive, to be honest. Stop thinking about it. Yeah. Yes, it does look pretty big to me as well yeah. there are a lot of them there's 300,000 Russian servicemen yeah. um, 6,000 airborne troops yeah. 1,000 planes yeah. 36,000 tanks yeah. 80 ships and support vessels yeah 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 it's like playing Trump. do you know what I'm thinking though maybe it's a good time to invade Russia because they're all gone the other way. They're all there. They're right? all having this big no, parade. No, they've all gone to Siberia. Yeah, right? so they're having this parade. So if you like come from the west and go in, yeah. you know, from the west side, yeah. maybe they won't have any defences. Yeah. What do you think of that? Um, yeah. Have we got anyone to send over there, Mike? Uh, I think we've got a couple of planes and um, I think we, yeah, about literally. seventy thousand troops. We, we've got an aircraft carrier, but we haven't got enough aircraft to put on it. No, evidently. No, that's true. Um, and I think uh, how many troops do we have now? It's about seventy thousand. Seventy-eight thousand troops in yeah. this country compared to their three hundred thousand. Yeah. A lot of them are in backroom jobs, though, apparently. And they're probably 16. And they're not fighters, no, so never mind. (laughs) The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, I've got a great uh, tweet here from Mark, who has tweeted us at Talk Radio. I left the room to make a cuppa uh, when you were talking about the bionic willy. Came back a minute later and you were saying how large it was and 300,000 servicemen. I was thinking I want one too until I realised you were talking about the Russians. So it's, it's it's yeah you, you you need to buy the sun today and read the story because I'm not reading that headline out. Inside. All I can say Thank to you, you, Mark, is just don't leave the room while the show's on. I mean, yeah, it's absolutely. Clearly, and uh, idiotic behaviour. His, his lovely girlfriend was very very happy with the the medical. Who result. Mark's girlfriend? I don't know about Mark's girlfriend. Yeah, she might be happy as well. Mm. But the bionic penis girlfriend Indeed. was yeah, very well, happy. Yeah, but let's go back to Putin uh, and Russia and China combining forces. The largest military exercise since the Cold War. A fantastic graphic in the Daily Mail today. It's very uh, lovely, in which, isn't it? Uh, Somebody spent an awful lot of time working. It's one of those things that I used to dread when I was the night editor of the Express. I used to dread seeing these things yeah. because you would know that somewhere along the line you were going to get there would be something horribly, horribly wrong. wrong. You know, like Alaska would be in the wrong place. Yes, but, yeah. You know, the Okhot Sea is apparently in the right place. Larry right. Vostok is there. I can see Mongolia, uh, who have sent some of their forces, but not released any details, bizarrely. No. I can see Alaska, the Chukchi Sea. Yeah. Uh, let's talk to a man who knows a lot more about all of this than I do, Rear Admiral Chris Parry, former Director General of the Ministry of Defence. Chris, a very good uh, afternoon to you. Hello, Mike. How are you? Chris. I'm very well indeed. Hi. Slightly concerned about the build-up of troops in Siberia, to be honest, but uh, what can you tell us about why it's happening? Well, there's a lot of reasons. Uh, partly it's to uh, divert attention away from all the problems in Russia so that he, Putin can say to his people, look, we're a great power, we can project all this military force 
any direction we like. We also like to show the United States that we can stand up 300,000 men, mm. 36,000 armored vehicles, 3,000 planes uh, any time we want. Uh, and there's also a slight hint that, um, you know, we're, not, we're not, not really sure about China, so we'll do the exercise on their border just to show them, too, uh, that we're serious about defending our very extended borders. Yes, indeed. Because we're always hearing from, from guys like yourself and, and other military experts that their military hardware isn't actually that good, that their, you know, their, 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 sort of their modern <coughs> equipment is not as good as ours. Mike, I'm, I'm afraid to say that's uh, all changed. Um, Putin uh, put in place a program about uh, eight years ago which said he wanted to be qualitatively the same as NATO by 2025. Okay. And I'm sorry to say that some of their kit is very good indeed. Mm. Um, well, that's and, even more worrying, then, isn't it? Yeah, we need to worry. Uh, Russia is a major uh, potential opponent. They're even saying that Europe and the West is more likely to be an opponent than China is. They are trying to put the squeeze on all our allies around the Baltic and the Black Sea. And, you know, we get aircraft flying around uh, the UK sporting some fairly ritzy missiles that are designed mm. to intimidate and coerce us. Mm. Well, they, they've often invaded our, well, invaded, flown over our airspace recently without actually letting us know about it, haven't we, we've had to escort them? I mean, yeah, that's happening quite, and, that and seems that's to be happening more and more. Absolutely, and um, you know, around Ireland as well, and it's uh, it's our jets that get scrambled to defend yeah. Ireland. So, so whenever we talk about the Irish border and then banning us from their airspace, <laughs> I need to think about it. <laughs> well, I mean, that is that does bring us on to the dreaded B word, which we do try and avoid on this show quite often. But I mean, of course, you know, we've seen the stories about the EU army, uh, which hasn't really ever sort of become a thing, except it has got constituent parts from different countries, I suppose. Um, no, it, Mike, it's can't fight, won't fight, as far as the Europeans are concerned. Um, you know, NATO is, is what is going to keep us safe, uh, yeah. along with right. our nu- nuclear weapons, frankly. Yeah, but we've also got sort of several agreements with the French, haven't we, vis-a-vis things like aircraft carriers uh, and joint sort of, you know, military manoeuvres. Yeah, it's all good politics, but frankly, at the moment, Europe's not making a good fist of actually doing defence very well in, uh, at all, to tell you the truth. Right. So, um, Chris, Chris, um, Chris, are you worried about what's going on out there at the moment? I mean, should we be worried? We should be worried, yeah. At the moment, we've got two major powers, China and Russia, who uh, quite up front and personal say, look, we're going to use our military forces to enhance our diplomatic, political and economic muscle. Um, now, we haven't heard words like that since the Cold War. Mm. Mm. So, so actually, they're out to get us. And uh, the, the real problem is, it's not so much they're going to use force against us or our allies. They're going to threaten to use force. Mm. And our politicians won't have the will to stand up to them. And we're almost in that 1938 situation at Munich where, you know, who's going to die for Prague? Who's yeah. going to die mm. for anything? Uh, and what happens is these countries push and push and they keep giving way. If you look, you know, in the Asia-Pacific right now, you know, Chinese have, uh, as you know, reclaimed these these reefs. They've built military installations on mm. them. It's totally illegal, and nobody's done anything about mm. it. That is the problem, isn't it? Because we're seeing just today Vladimir Putin coming out and saying that they've now identified the two men suspected of the Salisbury poisonings, but he's now saying they're civilians. Now, what it seems to me is uh, this is a bit like one of those um, election campaigns where one party is doing really, really well at the PR front and the other ones seem to be doing nothing at all. You know, i.e. the West doesn't seem to have anything to say, whereas the Russians, you know, they've had the World Cup, uh, they've done this Novichok uh, poisoning episode, uh, they've completely um, sort of destabilised everybody by saying, oh, it wasn't us, it wasn't nothing to do with us, uh, and just putting out disinformation after disinformation, mm. you know, and they just seem to be winning the PR war as well. Well, you know, uh, we've got to have a comprehensive approach to this. You know, every time you watch a UEFA Champions League game, you're watching a Gazprom advert. Yeah. 
you know, we've got to take it seriously at every level. It's not just a military issue. We can't have politicians working for Russia today and thinking that it's, that's acceptable. Yeah. We, we are in a knife fight with Russia and China right now, um, we're, except we don't know about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everything I read in Russian, and I do read Russian, uh, and what I hear from translations of Mandarin, they're saying, you know, we're, we're, we're going to de-Americanize the world. You know, we don't like the current rules. We're going to overturn the current rules in our favor. And they're going to use their military to back it up. And, and they have, as you say, they have been prioritizing their military spending, whereas in this country, we have been doing the exact opposite. Mm. I mean, we, 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 if what you read is true, we hardly have any aircraft left any troops left? I mean, why aren't well, we investing well, we, more? We, we've got them, but I don't think we dare put them into a fight. And if you don't put them into a fight, you can't deter coercion. You can't deter aggression. It's mm. as simple as that. Mm. Uh, for about 20 years, we've been distracted now, and we've benchmarked our capabilities across all three services uh, against what's good against the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, and Islamic State. Well, if you take it all the way down against those opponents, you know, why don't you benchmark yourself mm. against mm. China and Russia? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'm afraid, you know, the whole of the Ministry of Defence right now is full of management speak that's trying to get round that very inconvenient truth. Mm. No, indeed. And what's the likelihood of uh, Mr Donald Trump getting involved in all of this uh, uh, this kind of war games type stuff? Because, I mean, we've read recently about how he very nearly did something quite dangerous in Taiwan and, 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 and that whole sort of uh, Korean Peninsula scenario where he was talking about uh, evacuating areas and, and putting the, the, the wind up people just for a sort of PR stunt and and he was dis dissuaded from doing it, supposedly, by his staff, who said, actually, that could cause a real problem. Do you know, um, I think Donald Trump right now is a major strategic asset for the United States uh -huh. uh, because the Russians and Chinese just don't know how to take him. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah well, that applies to pretty much everyone, doesn't it, really? Yeah, but that's good. Yeah. You, know, you want your opponents guessing about what your likely um, intentions are going to be. And, you know, you hear a lot about the Trump administration, this and that. A lot of it's obviously not true. Yeah. Uh, administrations don't act like that. You've got a fantastic Secretary of State for Defense, Jim Mattis, who's probably the best general the American Oh, mad dog. Has. Yeah, he's Mad, known. Dog, Mad Dog by name, yeah. but actually probably the most brilliant general they've had yeah. since the Second World War. Mm. Um, and so, Listen, you know, I'm very, I'm a very much a pragmatist when it comes to Trump. You know, I'm, I'm no massive fan of his. However, I do think he's doing a pretty good job. And, and, and if you're saying that too from a, from a military perspective, mm. then that warms the cockles well, of my heart. Well, you might not like his style, but I tell you, he's getting quite a lot. I, of I don't mind. Listen, I look yeah. at the result. I don't care yeah. how, how yeah. he gets to that point. But, but I mean, you, you've also got the slight dichotomy of his kind of. Um, relationship, if you like, with, with Vladimir Putin, as he calls him, um, you know, which is a bit unusual as well, isn't it? Well, no, I think, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think, uh, you know, Donald Trump's approach is to say, look, um, if we're not communicating with each other or we're actually knocking the ball back and forth, let's have a sit down chat. We don't know what was said between Kim Jong-un and him. But, hey, the Korean Peninsula isn't the powder keg it was six months ago. Yeah. True. Um, you know, uh, when he spoke to Putin, I, 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 on the one hand, he says to Putin, look, you know, we'd like to suck you away from your relationship with China, uh, but we can't have you poisoning people on the streets of Salisbury, mm. and we can't have this and that. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to slap the worst sanctions on you you've seen for 20 years. Yeah. So, so you know, this is a, a very multi-layered uh, strategy, uh, and I think people fail to give him credit for a, a fairly nuanced approach. And he's achieved, you know, more in the last two years than 
quite a lot of American diplomacy in yeah. the last 20. Mm, yeah. No, I'd certainly go along with that. What about this uh, latest uh, outburst from Putin to, to, to do with the, the, the Novichok pair? You know, he's basically saying, now we know who they were uh, and know who, know who they are. He was saying before they didn't recognise them. There were people last week saying the GRU doesn't exist anymore. I mean, oh, does right. the GRU still exist? <laughs> yeah, of course it does. Uh, right. yeah. Um, no, he's taking the mickey. Um, at, at the end of the day, if you're going to do a poisoning like that, my view is you get some hired help in. You don't actually get it recognised. Uh, now, the problem for Putin is, I believe, one has to remember when this happened. It happened just before the Russian so-called presidential election. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We knew Putin was going to get voted in. But I think somebody in the hierarchy said, you know what, I'll do Putin a favour, so he'll be really good to me after he gets back in as president. And this has gone wrong. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah. that's, that's my view on this. So he's ducking and weaving away from it, saying it isn't me. Probably true. Yeah. But, mm. it's probably, but he creates an, the framework within which this sort of thing can happen. Yeah, encouraging um, it. And if you look at totalitarian regimes, you know, Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin, there's a lot of people around trying to curry favours, yeah. trying mm. to do yeah. favours, mm-hmm. in the hope they're going to get ahead. And I think that's what happened here. And these are hired guns, basically. They're either criminals or they're um, sort of people who work in somewhere in the Caucasus. Because they weren't Uh, very good, were they, basically? No, you know, people say it was a very sophisticated attack. You know what? You're absolutely right. It was a really clumsy attack. Mm. Um, You know, it didn't cover their tracks. You know, for heaven's sake, if you're using an aerosol, you know, with a deadly Nervia agent in it, you're actually risking yourself. No, it was a really poorly conducted attack. I think they... They you know, were commissioned to do it by somebody in the organisation. They got hold of some uh, time-expired Novichok from somewhere. Because, uh, actually, if it was real Novichok, I think half the city of Salisbury would be infected. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it's pretty clumsy. You're absolutely right. Yeah. It's and, pretty um, clumsy, but pretty frightening if it can happen as easily as that yeah. and, and presumably could happen again. But, but, you know, we won't ever know until it does. Well, that's absolutely right. But, but you know, if you look on the internet, you can you can you can work out how to you know make rice in, which is pretty nasty as yeah. well. So it's all out there. You know, I keep saying to people now, we as well as looking at for these big threats, you've got to understand that in some cases, you know, the front line is your front door. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, in your in view, is case. Theresa May doing all the right things? I mean, obviously they've they expelled a lot of, of, of diplomats. I assume they're still expelled. Um, how, you know, because a lot of people do ask the question, well, where is this all leading? Is it leading to some kind of conflict which might become more serious or is it just a kind of Mexican standoff mm-hmm. which will always be a standoff? All these things are a sort of dialogue and a negotiation. Uh, people will push, uh, they'll, you know, go up to the line. You've got to step up to the line and say, right, you go no further. Yeah. Uh, in the past, and I think for the last 20 years or so, successive governments in the United States and here have said, OK, yeah, we'll, we'll take it, we'll take it. You know, We've got to have the will to actually push back and say, this is unacceptable. And if it's unacceptable that Russians are putting Novichok on doorknobs in Salisbury, mm. then Gazprom doesn't get to advertise in football grounds in this country. Mm. It's at that level, mm. every single <laughs> element of it. You, you stop Russian visas overnight. Mm. You know, you actually come back really hard across the whole range of things you can do to Russian people to say, we don't like what your president does. Yeah, And, and Chris, talking of unpredictable people, uh, Theresa May is obviously very predictable and slightly dull, but she is very <laughs> measured in what I happens. I university with her. <laughs> she, 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 look, she's lovely. I, I do admire you didn't run through the old wheat fields. Uh, <laughs> However, do you think she's best to handle this sort of situation or would someone like Boris Johnson be better able to handle it? 
I, I really can't say. Now, there's the weapons-grade question for you, <laughs> Rear Admiral. All, all I would say is that if you were the Chancellor, you'd take a lot of advice from the bigwigs in the city. I haven't seen in my career politicians taking a lot of advice from the experts like the senior military officers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Theresa May currently is upstanding in the uh, House of Commons. It's Prime Minister's questions. It's Wednesday, of course. So now that you've told us you're at university with us, Chris, you're going to have to give us something more, something more than that. You know, <laughs> what did you do? Did you go in the same classroom as her or what? No, no. I mean, I, 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 you know, I ran into her because I was friends with people who were friends with her. But I was also at university with Peter Mandelson and Tony Blair. So, right. Ooh, you know, oh, gosh. Mm. And Mel Smith and Benazir Bhutto. So... There's quite a lot of other people. That's not bad, is it? Have you got, <laughs> that's a great class picture, that, isn't it? Hey? That's what happens when you go to um, one of these places. And you're the only one that turned out not to be a massively popular and um, and very successful politician. I'm really glad. Yeah. Are you? <laughs> I've had a fantastic time. Who was if your favourite out of that collection of people? If you're not going to be on talk radio, I can really guarantee a career in the Royal Navy. You get up every morning and say, yippee, I'm going to work. <laughs> Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on talk radio. So if you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on talk radio, via DAB, online or via the talk radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 